I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. This is going to get graphic, is that all right? Yeah. Okay, good. Beth Mori, and this is One Torn Every Minute, the <laughs> podcast where we talk about giving birth. Don't start. <laughs> Today I'm joined by the wonderful radio presenter Emma B. Emma. Did you notice how I didn't stop you there or say, oh, you're so kind? I just like brushed no, over no. that. Yeah. Just take it and <laughs> I'll move take on. it. I'll take it. Emma, let's take the scalpel straight to your perineum and start by uh, summarising how many times you've given birth and when. Uh, okay, so I have given birth twice, uh, once in 2003 to my uh, daughter Edie Bell, and then again in 2008 to my son Billy Ray. And in this format, I would never ask you to choose your favourite child, but I am asking you to choose your favourite birth, and by which I mean, what's the most gruesome, interesting, what's the one that would go straight into your memoir? I literally, the, my, with that, my favourite, my favourite birth was definitely Billy Ray, second time. Uh, even though it was the most frustrating, it was the most frustrating for, for all the other non-gruesome reasons, uh, but the actual, the actual, they were both cesarean sections yeah, as well. Yeah, that's good because that yeah. gives us a bit of uh, yeah. intrigue and diversity. Yeah, completely. And so the first, the first birth with Edie, um, I was just fully uh, educated up with all the books. I had my plan, um, and uh, we were going to we were going to saunter into um, the hospital, yeah. and um, and I had my playlist sorted because obviously that's the playlist what, is so important. But you start with the playlist. You got to get that's what that's the most important thing. Also, so I, you work in radio. So yeah, you know, no, it was. You really should probably have released that afterwards. <laughs> I guess I'll tell you it was really funny. You too can give birth to the tunes selected by I Emma had, B. I had the radio on. I was at Radio One at the time, and I had the radio on um, during about the ninety-fifth hour of labour. And um, Sarah Cox put on Salt and Pepper's "Push It" for me. She was like, <laughs> "Go on, Emma, go on, babe. I'm, we're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. Salt and Pepper. Ooh, baby, baby, push it." I'm just going. Shut did it go? Did it do any good? I can't just about remember. No, not really. <laughs> Um, but we, it was that because it was the first one. I just, I just thought it was going to be all okay, um, and then I got preeclampsia um, at the. I, I'd gotten for a checkup, and I hadn't taken anything with me. I think I was probably going to go and have some lunch or something. Afterwards, I walked in. They went, "You're not going home. Uh, you got to go straight in." So I went straight in um, without your playlist. Without my playlist. Without my bag. Jeez. Without my playlist. Without anything. Got well upset. 
Um, and then I had to be induced. Ooh. And you know when you, people sort of go, do that thing where they, they say, oh, what do they do? Like, do they stick a kneading needle up your valley and, like, pop the bag? And they, yeah, that's exactly what they do. Is and I saw the... Oh, I thought they just gave you a drug. No, 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 no. They had to pour, they had to pop my bag and they gave me a drug. So they had to pop my, what do you call it? They had to break my waters, which they did with something resembling a crochet needle, which came out of like That's a lovely. yeah, like a um, like a like a the bag that you get your knife and fork in on an aeroplane when you're eating aeroplane food. It was just a, like a, a, a paper thing that they took out without any. Do they give you any kind of no nice drug to no. make you calm? Or? No, 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 nothing like that. So they gave me. So I had the drug to induce the thingy. Then they broke my waters because at this point Edie was in distress the baby was in distress and, and then ensued 15 16 hours of hell so the thing about um induction as i understand it is that why people don't like it is because you're kind of going from naught to 60 in about a million miles an hour yeah yeah jesus christ that hurt yeah so you're going uh, yeah. from nothing to from nothing fully no uh, from absolute no because this is because i didn't dilate at all so so my muscles at this point are doing all this work and nothing's, nothing's happening. happening and the pain and, and what it's all I remember so I was at St Mary's Hospital in Paddington and I was and there was a, I was in a room with three other women who had been induced we were like wailing <gasps> banshees it was like literally all of us all you could hear was people going and just absolutely my husband was beside himself and all I can remember doing was is that there was this like a a tiny really thin oblong window and out of that was a church over the road and there was a fluorescent Mary. <laughs> or did you start to pray? <laughs> I was going looking at this like glowing red Mary from across the road at the top of this church going, please help me, please help me. Like, it's praying, <laughs> thinking I've just got to concentrate on like Mother Mary. Um, and the Virgin Mary will help me through the irony, the irony. Um, and... Uh, and I, yeah, that was awful. And I, oh God, it was just awful. And at this point, I can see my sort of picture perfect birth disappearing. And that just went on and on and on. And by that point, I'd had drugs, um, legal ones. And <laughs> <laughs> although, given the chance at that point, I really would have taken anything. I know, but anything. this is what we discovered in an earlier conversation that pethidine is heroin. You could, well, I didn't know that. I but did I knew, not know I that. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, which I feel like I kind of missed out on the experience because I've had pethidine, but I don't remember it being cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There wasn't any music and, like, you know, you and McGregor wasn't in it. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to party. I didn't want to party. But apparently that's sort I mean, it's part of the same family, which... <laughs> they will like... say, but they will say to you, don't they? They say, don't have pethidine. Everyone's going, never have pethidine, don't have pethidine. And I'm like, why the fuck not? I mean, like, literally my legs have gone. I can't... I, you, it, I was so tired. I was completely off my face. Um and then, yeah, and then about sort of 20, it was two days um, and I was exhausted and they kept coming. And at this point, you know, at this point as well, you've gone through three sets of staff on call. So you've got no opportunity to build up a rapport. No. Because as soon as you do, they go off. Shows. I'd had at least 27 people's fingers up my fanny by the time they, ar they arrived. Yeah. And, and you do get to that point where somebody just goes, can we check you? And you don't even look at them. You don't even no. look at them. You don't look at their face. I'm like, oh. But also, I think, because I found that check. 
let's just see how far you are along. Not only did I find it utter agony every yes. single time, but also that deflated sense of failure when they say, you've done all this, and yeah. you're like two centimetres dilated. And they kind of look at you as if you're useless. Do you know what they call it? What? So do you know what I've been diagnosed with? What? An incompetent cervix. <laughs> Can you imagine insult to actual injury? Imagine if that was a condition that men had to deal with, that they would actually use the word incompetent. Wow. I hope they didn't tell you at the time. Yes, they did. You have an incompetent cervix. This is why we have to do a cesarean. We have to do a cesarean because you are, your cervix is incompetent. You are incompetent of delivering this child. Also, you'd think that they would find, if that was the case, that they would find out a way of diagnosing that before you go through all of, all of that. Completely correct. Yeah. No, they did that twice. They did that twice. It happened again with Billy. My incompetent cervix was incompetent again. Okay, hang on then. So... If they knew you had an incompetent cervix, <laughs> let's give that airtime again. We, I, you and your incompetent. I need a Can t-shirt. You get it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Why does that not exist? <laughs> With an arrow. <laughs> if they knew you had an incompetent cervix, then why did they let you try again? Why didn't they just say? Oh God, Beth. Honestly, seriously, I was. It was such nonsense. And then. Um, yeah, I'm not very good at giving birth, basically, um, and um, and but they so on the set with Billy, with with Billy, and I battled with this hideous GP who told me I didn't have a choice about number one where well, I couldn't. I didn't have a choice. I had to. I, he, yeah, he told me I didn't have a choice about where I could have my baby, which I said to him quite strongly. Yes, I well I do yeah. actually. Um, and I said, please, can I have an elective cesarean because I got preeclampsia and I didn't dilate. Um, and he said no. Um, and then put me in touch. And, and at, at this point, and he put me in touch with this, um, uh, the group of, oh, God, what do you call them? Sorry, I'm getting tired. Uh, you can edit this bit out. Um, <laughs> what they called the prenatal, antenatal clinic, the antenatal. So he put yeah. me in touch with the antenatal team and this very lovely woman who was obviously on a quota of natural births. Uh, said it's okay don't worry we'll take you through it but but there's no reason why you can't deliver naturally which I wanted to I wanted to have a go but I was just like there's no point because well I would have thought you know you either have an incompetence it's not going to get competent is it (laughs) unless it learns you can go to lessons like yeah Yeah. exactly we're going to send you to the cervix college the the higher education college for incompetent cervixes because I had the opposite thing is that on the first time round I tore really badly because I'm also... Did you go like that? Yeah. I'm also really bad at giving birth. And so the (laughs) second time around, they wanted me to have a cesarean. And I had to go through, jump through all sorts of tubes to try and have a natural birth, which, again, was a mistake. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I should be free to make our mistakes. Yes. So it's odd that they kind of, we kind of flipped. It was just bizarre because I, I, and I sat and talked to this woman for ages and she said it's okay. And and what, she was so very desperate for me to try and, deliver naturally and I just said look I just I was so exhausted and battered by Edie's birth it was so not I was I can barely remember her being born and I hate that yeah. I hate that um none of know, the euphoria none of the of euphoria the no god nothing nothing like that I mean you know and then I was so I was so bruised I had a massive scar because they had to get her out really really quickly so like and <laughs> so no time to be neat. No, just no time to be neat, and and yeah. So and 
Damien, bless him, watched and nearly passed out because all he could see was them pulling Edie's head out of my tummy and that kind of giraffe neck thing that happens when you take a baby out the wrong way out of your tummy. There's a new thing now where they think that... I don't really understand how this works, but they think that it's healthier if you make the incision and, like, you let the baby crawl out on its own. That's just... That's... Oh... oh. <laughs> because it's more like Look the birth... Look <laughs> And like We're all crunching, cringing in on oh, ourselves. Yeah. But it's more like is that a vaginal a birth. Is that a thing? A natural. Yeah. That can't be a thing. Is that a thing? I've heard that. Where from, Beth? <laughs> Some because. article I read in a New Age magazine. <laughs> and you should sing while you do it. Well, this is it, because as well... We were living in Ibiza for a little bit while... Um, and we've been going backwards and forwards. And in Ibiza, the whole doula Ibiza doula babies you know was there a chance that you might give birth in Ibiza um well no 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 but we had we I lost two as well oh between Edie and Billy um and at that and at that point I was pregnant for a little bit while I was there mm. and um we did think that there was a chance at that point I'd been really sort of romantic I'd been really romanced by the idea <clears throat> of giving birth on a platform overlooking the sea with all my friends around me. Is that uh, actually possible? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, there was Davina McCall gave me a book once. Uh, <laughs> Davina gave me a book once, which um, which is uh, all, it's very hippie and it's very new age and it's not, it's clearly not for everybody, but it's birthing platforms, having a birthing family, you know, out in the open air. Who, who, which of your friends are going to watch this? <laughs> It's this is I don't know I don't know but for a brief moment after Edie was so traumatic I was like well maybe maybe this is a thing maybe I should try it I'm just questioning the the wisdom of like having a plan with Edie you know your playlist <laughs> yeah yeah and that going wrong so you think I know I need a better plan yes a bigger plan yes I need a platform <laughs> and a load of friends watching me we can hold hands and sing Nick Kershaw songs together. <laughs> From the 90s. What a great idea. Oh, yeah, exactly. And there was, and I thought, I thought, oh, maybe it was that and I'd be over-medicalised and I just need to take it back to grassroots and then swiftly realise after we lost our second, um, <clears throat> that uh, that I needed to be looked after, which was why it was so unbelievably frustrating when I was then passed back to the antenatal team who insisted, insisted that I have a go naturally. Um, and... And it was just a catalogue of being looked after really badly, you know. And and actually, that was it. Was you know there was one. Uh, I got to the end of my pregnancy with Billy, and I, they they wanted to kind of encourage it along. And I went for a sweep. You know what a sweep is? Yes, a cervical <clears throat> sweep. A cervical sweep. Your yeah. poor incompetent cervix. Yeah, babes. They went for it. Took me for an, a cervi- a cervical sweep. And I went to this place. Was he late? Yeah, he, no, he was just. I no, he wasn't late. It, it was just getting to that point, and I was very pregnant. And they they were just like, well, "Should we just give it a go and see if we can move it along?" But I wasn't. I wasn't late. It was one of those things. Anyway, this is going to sound really weird now that you've said that because I ended up in a in a what amounted to an office building having a sweep from a doctor in a stationary cupboard, and because his, his strong identify. <laughs> I did part of my labour in a photocopying room in UCA. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? They didn't have anywhere to put me, so I was oh, in a photocopying room. What the... It's insane. I was like, I couldn't open my hands. My arms were like this because there was a filing cabinet here. Jesus. 
And he was like, I'm terribly sorry, but we're in the stationery cupboard today. I'm like, could you please show me some identification? Because I'm starting to think this is not quite right. Like, literally, it was, and he, yeah, so another man that I'd never met before in my entire life with it, with his hands in me. What is a, how do you do a sweep? I you, sort of you, don't want you, to know. But. You literally, basically, but they literally try and get a finger up to, right to the top of your cervix and it uh, as far as in so it's a painful yeah into your cervix as far as you can just to kind of like sweep it to see if your um if your waters will break skin chimney sweep skin chimney sweep yes a skin chimney sweep bloody hell like that they just literally do that to try and kind of stimulate to stimulate some activity in your cervix in order for well, your, i suppose it's your better than the crochet hook but not cro- much you should see them they come out of packets um and yeah so and and that's why and then and then i got and i started anyway uh my water oh it was so funny my waters broke with billy while we were watching um csi <laughs> you <laughs> need a team to come in and clean up watching csi i'm like that oh my god <laughs> uh, but that helped that happened normally and i thought for a second it was it was going to be okay and they got to hospital, and as soon as we got into the hospital, and the the you know the the team of fantastic nurses there just went, "What on earth are you thinking? Why on earth would you be? Why why would you be doing this?" And the woman, and I hope she had a really bloody bad day that day. The woman who said, "I will be there by your side," um, she said, "Call me." I called her. She never answered the phone. Oh my god! And I got into the hospital, and they just went. They they just went. You need to be on a high risk. Uh, in a high-risk room, you need to be monitored. The baby needs to be monitored. You're almost certainly going to have a cesarean section. We're going to set it up and just see how it goes. But if you haven't dilated because of your incompetent cervix in the next six hours, then that's what we're going to do, and that's what they did. So in that sense, in that sense, it was much nicer than ED because it was controlled. And yes, that, and that's what's in, come up a yeah. lot is is the sense that no one's in control yeah. being the scariest thing yeah. about giving birth. And even if it is not going right and and it's awful if you get the sense that someone has a has a bigger view yep. of the whole situation and is in control then you can feel a lot more comfortable yeah 100% and that's you know with i think um, going back to Edie my first it happened so quickly and it was it happened so quickly that i went from you know sort of being having my having my you know my my pulse taken and and the in the doctors you know just going for a general checkup to being so I mean I was I can't remember the last 12 hours yeah. I literally can't and I feel so bad about that I feel so I felt really cheated I think I felt really cheated about that with ED I felt you know that I'd uh, that I'd I hadn't done something I hadn't done something right and I hadn't done something right and that I hadn't kind of fulfilled my potential or that I'd let her down or I'd, or that I'd let I felt like I'd let somebody down by not being in control and not being more assertive or that my body just didn't do but it's very hard to be assertive when you haven't got a clue yeah. what's, what's happening no I know and people till you know and I come from a medical family so my inclination is to believe them yeah which almost certainly is the right thing to do um, in most cases and you know the fact is is that without 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 the medical intervention I probably wouldn't be here and certainly my two children wouldn't be either yeah um, and so you have to you have to kind of do that but I think there was a mo- there was just that and I, I remember I remember having to say to my husband because my mum was there and his mum was there after Edie was born I had to say 
I think I'm going to swear at somebody or say something really bad because the morphine, I had mm. so many painkillers. I didn't know where I was or what was and going on. And that come down afterwards oh, is jeez, It's absolutely vile. It's absolutely so horrible. horrible. Mm. But I think there's also this idea, and it's probably a wrong one, that there's a sense that the, the birth is supposed to be wonderful and you are yeah. supposed to be on a platform with everybody applauding you for how great you are. Yes, and actually, it would probably be easier if everybody just said, you know what, it's not very nice. It's I pretty s- awful. I've said this so many times. I mean, I, I just said it so many times. Because, <laughs> and also, it's so brutal. It is brutal. But the point is, is it doesn't matter because you, 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 most of us are built to do this with some success. Mm-hmm. Um, and the medical you know, world is there to help make sure that you know, you stay alive and so does the baby. And, you know, you end up with the things that are life-changing and wonderful. And that's okay. But if somebody had said, just chuck the fucking plan in the bin and go with what go with what happens, go with what happens, you know, then, and it, yeah, it's going to be a bit shit. And, you know, <laughs> the, you know, the, the massive amount of blood that you lose that comes out like a big fart uh, afterwards. Yeah. And I sat there, you know, you sit there and you go, I don't think this is right. I can press it. But then you're like, what um, is right? Because some of them right? aren't. Yeah. But some of them are. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And it, but we were so bombarded, though, with information, aren't we? And so bombarded with books that tells you this is how you should do it or that's how you should do it or this is what's likely to happen and this, 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 this and this. Um, and, uh, the, the, you know, there's ev- there's every opportunity at every level for you to feel not in control or I'm not doing the right thing or um, I should be better at this. Hmm. Or, I failed in I some failed. way. I failed. I failed in some way. Um, and, I, and I certainly felt like that after Edie. Certainly felt like that after Edie. What would happen if you got a comedian in a room, you open their Amazon account, and you look back at everything they've ever bought on that website? Well, this. Because I was consuming so much peanut butter, I decided to try and get a powdered version that wasn't as fattening. Uh, Your handwriting can change your life. I regret this book. (laughs) I regret this book. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love yes. that. I do have that on my fridge. Four pounds you spent on that. That's my mate bought a toaster. Available now from Great Big Al. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So 
to take you back to Billy, they kind of took control. And they, I mean, albeit going completely against the advice of all the previous doctors that you'd seen. Yeah. And said, right, we're going to do this for a bit. And then if yeah. it's if, if it's necessary, yeah. we're just going to whisk you into yeah. a cesarean. Was that a more positive cesarean? Yeah, it was. It was. I was wide awake. I hadn't had, um, at that point, I'd had a little bit of gas and air. But I hadn't had, um, uh, I hadn't had any, you know, anything else. Obviously had the epidural um, for Billy. Uh, but it was, it felt much, I mean, I was, uh, there was a moment where I had a bit of a cry when they were trying to, you know, when they tried, they put the, did you, oh, you had two vaginal I've had birds. an epidural. You have an epidural. So, and you have to really, you have to really bend over. You have they to put crunch it in, in on yourself and then you have to stay really, really still. Yeah, exactly. And the anaesthetist said to me, you have to stay still, even if you get a t- contraction or I might <laughs> paralyse you. <laughs> Which was just what I wanted to hear at that particular moment. Uh, that is astonishing. Well, I mean, I guess it was true. I mean, I guess he wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true. You would have thought we could have come up with something with a little less jeopardy, considering what we're dealing with here. Yeah, I did say stay still, funnily enough. Um, so you do you have to have an ep- epidural to have a cesarean? Yeah. And it was, but it was that, and I had a bit of a cry then because it hurts. Yeah, and, you're, it's not and nice. they're going, no, 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 we can't get it in because they're injected, they're putting this massive needle into your spine. Yeah, um, and you have, you and know, you can't, you have a nine-month-old baby who is just about to come out, and you can't physically do it. And it was, t- and, and they couldn't do it, and it was. But what was what was great about that was that was that in light of of my incompetent cervix that somebody just went, that's nonsense. We're going to do this. We're going to do it, you know, quickly. Um, and we're going to do it quickly and it was quick and I was or I was awake um, the only thing that happened there was my playlist <laughs> the, the, no. the, the, the CD player didn't work and you I, were never that was never meant to be it was never meant to be I'm so annoyed and like David came over and he went he was down here and you know you're lying down and he was here going baby the CD player doesn't work I was like <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I'm a fucking CD player where's my playlist and it didn't work. I was almost tempted to say, well, you're going to have to sing then, okay? Because <laughs> I've worked this out. Couldn't you ring Sarah Crocks and go, yeah, like, exactly. knock out Babes, the I need you. whole day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was the only thing. The playlist didn't work. And then and then Billy, Billy was born. And we weren't meant to have Billy. Billy was a miracle baby. Oh. Yeah, so he was. we were told categorically that I wouldn't be able to have any more. So when, when he arrived... So despite the struggles, he was, um, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, well, then it ended happily, which is Yes, it ended happily. After I was then, yeah, the, then, you know, uh, <laughs> I was in hospital for about 24 hours. And I remember the lady coming up going, right, we need the bed. So uh, could you call your husband? Could you go home now? And feel better, please. And feel better, please, if you get the next 24 minutes, because somebody is coming in. I was like, OK, fine. Um, but I, I think... Uh, Did you have a come down from the epidural? fading because I had terrible itchiness after. itchiness um, and um, uh, terrible itchiness and f- I was freezing cold yes. I was freezing cold even though the hospital is really hot I was freezing are. cold itchy definitely lo- I've forgotten about the itchiness oh it was like nothing else it That's, felt like that? loads That's of insects were crawling yeah. over my skin I couldn't it was the weirdest thing it was the weirdest thing and um, and Damien's um, Damien's my husband Damien's dad um, so Edie had come in. I was I was a bit yeah I was a bit boxed on the on the, the morphine, but uh, and I yeah I was freezing and I and I had some shakes as yes. well. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. You terrible, know, terrible. Terrible shakes. shakes. Yeah. 
um, and and I didn't really know what was happening, and I got a bit worried about that. And they said, no, 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 that's that's the epidural. That's the that's you know, it's essentially toxic shock syndrome, basically, yeah. of everything coming out. But um, and he and his mum and dad, his his dad and his, his stepmom were in the room, and you know when you've got that that you're sort of looking around like this and your eyes won't focus properly yes and then Edie who was oh, it was five came in and she was giving me a necklace and stuff and I, I had no I really didn't really know what was going on there but the light was shining in the window and that was that was kind of nice and that so you know the, the the physical kind of coming off it was I got worried and scared that time that I can't remember doing with Edie um, but it, that wasn't that wasn't very nice but seemed to pass quite quickly yeah, I remember. I, I remember saying to my mum and dad, "I've gone blind because I could <laughs> I couldn't see." One stage, everything clouded over, and I really couldn't see. And they were trying to get me to hold the baby. And I was just going, "No, I can't because I can't see. It's black." But that's what I mean. Which it's is really you. reassuring for everyone. <laughs> they have this thing where, like, literally, there's there's literally this bit where I was sitting there. This was after Edie, like I said, when I was completely off my face. And I literally just went, and I said, I think I'm going to swear. I think I'm going to, I thought I was going to tell, like, one of my family members to, to that they were really fat or that I hate. Like you had a kind of Tourette's. Like I had a sort of Tourette's that I was going to say something really offensive. And I had to say, I'm really sorry, I think I'm going to say something really rude. Like this, and I didn't really. Really odd I know, it was bizarre. Um, and I had a very, very strong sensation. I was just like, I'm going to say something really rude. I know I am, because I can't, like the you being blind, you, you just, your head's not working. No, in, not at all. In, in, it's just not working at all. And I did. I thought I was going to say something really, really rude. And I said it out loud, and they were all standing over there, and I was like, that, there, that. And I'm going to either, like Tourette's, either going to say something like, fuck off, you assholes. Or, <laughs> like, I never liked any of your Sunday lunches. They're shit. <laughs> Um, uh, and and I just and I said to Damien, I think I'm going to say something really rude. You're going to have to ask him to leave. That would have been me off the Christmas card list. And it? did he? Yes, he did. He ushered them out. Oh come on! They were in the room about like flipping 17 minutes after I'd given birth. <laughs> yeah, that's please the other go thing. away. I, People trooping in to yeah, look at you. Yeah, I know. I've got a nappy on. I've got oh the nappy. Oh. The nappies. I had oh like 20 pads between my legs. Um, the stockings on, because of course that's the other thing, isn't it? <laughs> the, they also give you injections in your leg. I can't remember that. I didn't remember it until afterwards. But every now and then, somebody would just appear and inject me in the well, leg. I mean, stuff like that is ridiculous, I don't know why. isn't it? I can't. It's ridiculous. Uh, there was a good reason, and I think at one stage I knew what it was, but that's gone now. I wonder if I did. I can't remember that bit. Uh, we had the, the uh, that bit. I mean, you know, when you sort of then do you do come round, and you've got um, you've got drips and saline, yeah. and your blood pressure thing on your finger still, and I've got this massive bandage across my tummy, and I can't move. And my, I mean, we don't even need to go anywhere near what's going on with your boobs because they're oh, just a nightmare. Hideous, 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 um, and um, and then bleeding from. I mean, I was, I was, I just felt like I had fluids coming out of every orifice, everywhere, like a sinking ship. You yep. know, it was just like one of those cartoon. You know, when the boat, they, if a, you know, they they shoot a boat and the cartoon water comes <laughs> out of the boat. Yeah, felt like I was like that. And every two minutes, something would happen. Like my boobs would start leaking, or especially, oh my god! And there was this one moment with Billy. Um, 
and it was in the middle of the night and I'd woken up and he was with me and I had a, it wasn't it wasn't placenta it was a blood clot but it was the size of a melon and it oh. and I'd literally just coughed <coughs> and my non-existent pelvic floor just went whoodum and I swear to god I, it was like I swear to god a blood clot the size it was like a small cat it was absolutely and was that an okay blood that was clot okay well I I panicked because I was just like I'm sure I'm sure I'm about to faint now or die because yeah. that doesn't seem right at all. And I pressed the button. She came in. She went, no, 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 it's okay. It's very normal. I'm like, okay, fine. Tell me about these things, please. Ooh. And it just sat there and I was like, fucking hell, what am I going to do? Oh, that and was of course, horrible. in the midst of all of this, you're supposed to be looking after a small baby yes with a smile on your face yes with music in the background no fucking playlist (laughs) (laughs) it's almost a reason to do it again (laughs) (laughs) can you do it a bit like um you know when you renew your vows which isn't real (laughs) you sort of stage a birth oh my god that is such a good idea without actually having to give birth because it's horrible that's so funny and, and maybe please can I put a cushion there. can I put a cushion and we do the put, I would have to have a cushion though if yeah cushion the platform the platform and do you know what friends I bet that's a thing somewhere 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 that's you a thing you two can have the birth that you've always dreamed of reborn it's yeah. just reborn it's just not real it's just not real i mean that's a win-win isn't it yes that really is a win-win you can be cathartically you're screaming and get all that out you can have your friends you can have your playlist you could be rude to people if you, you can be to. rude to people you could even maybe have some light drugs <laughs> i mean when's the next like when are we doing it when are we doing it when are we doing this it this could be a new thing this is a, definitely a new thing i see a business <laughs> I'm definitely up for that. So, having been through everything that you've been through, what is the one piece of advice that you would go back and tell yourself that would make it easier? Your cervix is wonderful. (laughs) You love your cervix. I love my cervix. (laughs) Um, The one thing I tell myself... Hmm. Oh. Or anyone... Um, ask questions. I would like Mm. to have asked more questions. I think maybe, um, it's so hard, isn't it? Because you're in this machine that just sort of rolls you. You just, it's really difficult to kind of get any traction. You know, you feel like you're trying to grasping at, at trying to be in control and trying to ask questions and trying to be, you know, be an adult. You don't want to be annoying. You don't want to be annoying. And the people's, I'm, and I'm going to be controversial, but some, you know, some the tolerance levels of some of the people that I've met on the way, that you know, in the vast majority of people in the medical world are, are wonderful. But some of the tolerance of some of the people that I met was zero. Mm. You know, you can be unlucky in those circumstances. You can, you can be, you can be, and um, and I think actually is to just be more steadfast about your need for knowledge so not Mm. necessarily not necessary not necessarily sticking to a plan because i think sticking to a plan or having you you know holding on to that plan of what your birth will be is leads to disappointment so many times but being steadfast in your need for knowledge so explain that to me what happens then um what might i expect from that um, and actually, you know, uh, and 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 also to minimise getting in that knowledge from the internet and books, 
make your doctor tell you because they're the people who are responsible they're the people who are responsible so you can you know there's a there's a chain of responsibility then so you can go back and say well hang on a minute he said that this would happen and whatever i think uh, just be steadfast yeah be more resolute in needing uh in in people explaining things and what will happen next what's the plan what's the plan b what happens if i have an incompetent surfix (laughs) (laughs) so that's quite a good motto for life really ask all the questions find out all the stuff Uh, yeah yes and say yes to the drugs see what i'm doing with these is um everybody gives me their yeah birth lesson and um I'm going to carve them all onto homeopathic crystals and I'm going to gather all the crystals together and then I'm going to crush them under a platform. Yes! Because when it comes to giving birth, we all just have to go our own way. You have to go your own way. And make sure the bloody CD player works before you get in there. Get the fucking playlist. Yes, exactly. Oh, you can do that now because you can have it on iPhones and stuff. God, yeah, you need the speakers. You're not going to have some tinny iPhone phone when you're giving birth. Can you please put the bass up? <laughs> Thank you very much. That Thank was you. a pleasure and an honour. I feel, I feel better. I am surged. So, let's do. We've got to do that. We've got to do that. That's really funny. The rebirth. She's the back and she's pissed off. <laughs> Thanks for listening to One Torn Every Minute. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review us. See you next week. Heavy Pencil, a new comedy from Great Big Owl, the people who brought you Brian and Roger. Are you a client? Yes, yes, I'm a client. I'm the actor Michael Cork. The Observer called it a lovely thing, wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. No, 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 I've, I've been taken on as Fliss's assistant. You're the, the, you're the assistant's assistant. <laughs> yes, if you like. Heavy Pencil by Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. Great big owl. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>